0: Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining listeners in Nebraska and other places to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Potash in California, and I'm joined with my co-host and friend Liz Feldstein in Jerusalem. Liz, how are you?
1: Hi, Alan. I'm doing great. How are you today?
0: I'm great. I'm excited for our podcast today because we kicked it off last week with some very exciting issues. We're talking about President Biden's visit to Israel and the start of the Maccabiah Games. So I'm going to turn it over to you. And do you have any personal interactions with President Biden while he was in Jerusalem?
1: Uh, Of a sort. So... the. (laughs) When we spoke last week, we said these two exciting things were going to be happening and they have in fact happened. And while I didn't think that I was going to be having any direct interaction with Biden's visit, that turned out to not be entirely correct. I went out Friday morning knowing that it was possible that roads would be closed to uh, car traffic but thinking that for pedestrians the way would be open and turns out that was not correct and actually the so our neighborhood there's basically um to get out of the neighborhood one has to cross Chevron Hebron Street which is a major thoroughfare and unless you cross that street, you really can't get out of the neighborhood. And it turns out that you could not cross that street. It was completely blocked on both sides um, in a wait for Biden's motorcade to come through on his way to Bethlehem. That is the way to, to Bethlehem on that road. And so at each street that runs perpendicular to Hebron Street, there was a large moving truck parked just physically blocking the street with a metal barricade on either side to fill in that little extra gap and with um, Israeli military border soldiers stationed there to make sure that no one was crossing this road. And because it was a Friday morning, there actually was a tremendous amount of foot traffic people who were trying to go out and do their regular Friday morning shopping and Shabbat preparations that were, you know, having to figure out how to do that without being able to cross the street. Luckily, we do have one relatively new sort of shopping center that's on our side of the street. So while it hadn't been my plan for the day, we could go there and and get the things they needed. And it had a very good view of Hebron Street. So we knew that when the motorcade eventually came through, we would have a good chance of seeing it. But I was too impatient to solely stand there and wait for the motorcade to come by. So while Yishai, my oldest, did do that he waited outside to see the motorcade I went into each of the shops where I wanted something and came out each time to check nope still no motorcade okay went into the next shop and of course at some point it did come by and I missed it because I was in a shop Uh, but Yishai saw it so he is an eyewitness of the motorcade and he was very surprised at how large it was when I came out he said to me oh my goodness it went by and there must have been 50 vehicles, which I thought was maybe an exaggeration, but I looked it up afterwards. And in fact, it was not an exaggeration. There were 60 vehicles in Biden's motorcade. And Ishai had seen them all from motorcycles to SUVs to, to limos with uh, both Israeli and American flags on the front. Um, so he saw the whole whirlwind experience of it going by. I just got the not able to do my shopping part of it.
0: So that's that's quite a logistics challenge to have 60 plus vehicles traveling through a major city, uh, blocking off all the streets and making sure that, you know, for safety and security purposes, it's a pretty safe contained area. So, but 60, yeah,
1: I mean, Jerusalem has a fair amount of experience with it, right? I mean, it is, as you said, that's 100% true, that's a major logistical operation, but it's one that has been done for, you know, every major dignitary visit. So
0: I don't it kind of know which
1: streets are going to be the ones that get closed.
0: Right. I, I thought, though, that he would have been traveling throughout Israel In his helicopter, because you talked last week about all the helicopter practice flights going back and forth over the city. Did that not happen? Did the helicopters not uh, transport him?
1: We heard quite a few helicopters, but I think that was mostly just for him coming into Jerusalem, maybe from the airport and back. I don't think that they set up major... Helipad landing places like they did here in Jerusalem, any place else in the country, as far as I know. So I don't think that within Israel, he really traveled from place to place by helicopter, just maybe to the airport and back. I am um, at least that's what it seemed like.
0: Did it seem like President Biden's visit to Israel was a productive visit? Did anything major get accomplished between the United States and Israel. I know that one of the goals that I've been reading about is about enhancing the regional opportunities of uh, preparing the trip to Saudi Arabia and kind of addressing some of the opportunities that exist in the region. Did that get addressed?
1: Yes, I think that's the kind of work that was done that you know building building relationships and laying the groundwork for different types of cooperation and finding those opportunities. This was President Biden's first trip to the Middle East in his role as president. Obviously, our newly minted Prime Minister, Yair Lapid's first opportunity to host the U.S. president. Um, And I think that kind of relationship building and and pulling off a visit like this um, does a lot, even when there aren't specific agreements or, you know, deals on the table. I also think that we all sort of know that there are a lot of times the real deals get worked out, not necessarily at that absolute highest level, but once that relationship is cemented now the sort of professionals can can get to work and can hammer out you know what needs to get done and so I'm sure there will be things that come out of this visit that we don't know about now and maybe we won't know about because they are not necessarily for public consumption um and I but I think that for that first category of work, that relationship building, and looking for opportunities, I think it was successful.
0: So I do know that one of the conversations they had was about Iran, and there's, mm-hmm. there has been some disagreement between the White House and Israel on how to address Iran. Um, there is a document that was created, and I remember looking for, seeing a photograph of President Biden and uh, Prime Minister Lapid both signing this document. Um, it was kind of interesting uh, it's um it's a good picture with uh, lapid signing with his left hand and biden signing with his right hand <laughs> the document and the document is called it's known as the jerusalem us israel strategic partnership joint declaration and i'll i'll include the text of it or a link to the text of it in the notes of the podcast uh but it, again it, it was an opportunity for biden to make a positive trip to Israel to demonstrate the strong relationship that the United States has with Israel. And it was a really good, I would say, statement on behalf of, uh, prime minister, interim prime minister, uh, Yair Lapid within, I think it's his first or second week being prime minister to be able to have this, um, this opportunity. Sorry about the little ding there, but, uh, I just I'm very excited about any time a president uh, visits Israel, whether it's the American president or from another country, because it showcases Israel's role in the global world.
1: Yes. And I'm not sure exactly how much of it Biden got to see because his visit was a bit of a whirlwind, but certainly maybe others of his team and him to a certain extent. They did get to, to see a lot of different sides of Israel. They were, um, they had meetings. You know, I think we talked about last time that the president, as presidents do, was staying at the King David Hotel, but their meetings were held in the Waldorf Astoria, and I think also at the Mamila Hotel. So you know, that gave him an opportunity to see a little bit more of that there are, you know, multiple like really high level uh, hotels and facilities in Jerusalem. I don't know if Biden saw it, but actually the string bridge at the entrance to Jerusalem during his visit was lit up, specially with the U.S. and Israeli flags. Oh. Um, I hope that he had an opportunity to pass it at some point in the evening when that was up to see it, but others of us saw it.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I did also, since we're talking about both president Biden's visit to Israel and the Maccabi games, I did watch the, um, opening ceremonies of the Maccab- Maccabiah games and president Biden was there to, um, chair on the American delegation, which was one of the last to come on, uh, and he was standing with Prime Minister Lapid and um, President Herzog uh, up in the stands, and you could see that they were having a pretty jovial conversation and such. I do know that I read an article that there was some um, miscommunication about handshaking and fist pumping.
1: Oh, it went in Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah, also in Israel, that he was um he had told people that the the t- the the team representing the president was that he was not going to shake hands because of covid but they would do fist pumping but he did accidentally reach out and shake people's hands and that became a story in the american papers um, but i want to well, go back it to that
1: is a hard habit to break you know
0: yeah again but covid is as we know covid is an issue in israel it's an issue in the states it's an issue everywhere and one mm-hmm. way to one way to minimize the the transfer of the virus is by not shaking hands. Sure. So fist bumping has become the norm, and uh, we'll, we can t- we can talk about fist bumping all we want in the future. But I want to move on to the Maccabi Odd Games. It's it's something that I have shared with you before. It's a very exciting time for um, athletes from around the world to go to Israel and to compete. And I would say probably compete in a in a joyous kind of competitive way. You shared last week that there are over 10,000 athletes coming from around the world. Uh, And while I was watching the opening ceremonies to see these delegations from all over the world, it was very, very uh, inspiring. And uh, when the United States came out, they had to do it in two different shifts because there were so many. It's 1,700 uh, athletes from the United States of all ages I have to say and that's the thing that's intriguing to mm-hmm. me is that you know they have a, um they have a section for people over 65 in almost all sports and of course the the prime age group of you know the under 18 so seeing delegations of mixed ages I thought was very very uh, exciting and it you know maybe there's an opportunity for others in the future to competed the 65 and over age group um, in the next Maccabi Games. But it was great. It was a great opening ceremony. I thought it was really nice to see all these thousands of uh, people come through the stadium representing their countries. Uh, And uh, at the end, the Israeli delegation, which is the largest, as the home delegation came in at the end and very, very exciting. Have you, what what are you seeing on the street or in Israel on the Maccabiya games?
1: So a little bit here and there of, you know, meeting, running into people who are here for the games, are competing or are doing some sort of communications work or organization work for the uh, Maccabiah. Uh, in a couple of days, uh, my two oldest kids actually are going to get to go see the ice hockey one of the ice hockey games with their camp. So that's exciting. Looking forward to that. And we'll see if we get to see more games. I've heard that there are quite a lot of games that are just open and you can show up for of a sport that is pretty new to me that in Hever is called Kat Regel. And I believe in English is 5 aside football. So this is basically soccer, but played with smaller teams, teams of five people each on a slightly smaller field uh, and for, I think, a a shorter duration. And so those games are happening in Jerusalem, and maybe we'll try to catch one of those.
0: Well, I I think, again, one of the interesting things about the maccabi games is the diversity of sports that are taking place. Uh, I just think it's an incredible display of athletic experiences and uh, all sorts of cool things. I mean, from bicycling to wheelchair, basketball, weightlifting, surfing, I mean, it's just a, a great mixture of things where almost anybody who has any athletic skills should be able to find a sport to um to do there's one I think
1: which is still saying something, not all of us have any sort of athletic ability whatsoever, but,
0: no, but apparently
1: at least ten thousand shoots <laughs> globally too
0: but there's um you know there's chess, which is a mm. different type of athletics, and then there's one that I just saw this morning that I found to be interesting uh bouldering it's called sport climbing
1: mm. um so bouldering that, is quite big here it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know of uh, several places, even just in Jerusalem, where one can go to, you know, practice indoor bouldering, but I'm sure people do it, you know, in the real terrain as well. But I didn't actually, I didn't know that it was a competitive sport, actually, I guess.
0: Uh, it's it's exciting. I think that, you know, I did not pay close attention to the lead up to the Maccabi games, but I'm very excited to kind of see how it gets played out. And I've been in touch with several people in my community who have grandchildren who are competing in the Maccabi Games, So that's exciting also.
1: Yes. We wish them all good luck.
0: And it's something that I think that I might have on my calendar four years from now to at least be in Israel for the Maccabi games. Um, maybe I can find something to compete in or uh, not.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: but i think it's a, it's a very cool thing. uh so it's going on for the next uh, week i believe and you'll get a chance to hear the report from your kids about the ice hockey which is mm-hmm. I believe is, a, is a new sport. but i'm going to ask you another question. Do you think your kids are inspired by the Maccabiad to think of a sport to take up, to participate? I am
1: um, They. Gosh, I'm not sure that I want my kids to be inspired to be any more competitive than they naturally are. They're like already more competitive than they should be. You know, the older two are at a sports day camp right now. And every day they come home and we say, how was your day? Did you... Talk to your friends. What did you have for lunch? And all they want to tell us is, "I won this game, and I didn't win this game, and it's because that one cheated." And this is how it didn't. It. <laughs> We're like, okay, fine. They're very competitive, so I don't know that they need more inspiration in that venue. But the, and they do each have their sports that they're particularly interested in. Um, certainly, I think it's a fun thing to see. I'm sure, you know to get to see um, athletes from so many different places coming together is interesting and exciting.
0: I, I agree with you. And it's something that uh, we should have on our radar for the future and uh, maybe promote it uh, as we go along and share more about Israel across the world. Um, anything else on your mind you want to talk about?
1: Um Nothing super specific.
0: Okay. I think we covered quite a bit today. We rehashed the president's visit to Israel, and we talked enthusiastically about the Maccabi Games. You'll report next week on the activities that you might see in the city on the Maccabi Games or anything else. So thank you, Liz, for your time today.
1: Thank you. Have a good week.
0: And thank you to our listeners for listening to Israel Rebound.